Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bikini in the Brain. I'm here with the lovely Ashley Kotwasser, who's just a few weeks away from competing again. It's been when too long of an it, off season for her. It has been. <laughs> it's um, it's been a long time, but yeah. I'm ready to hit the stage again. Hopefully, hopefully hasn't been too long. Hopefully, they still remember who I am, and yeah. you know. Hopefully I'm not forgotten yet. So. Yeah, eight weeks or so. It's going to be rough for them to remember you. <laughs> yeah. So so we have, I think we have a really good topic today because it is, um, kind of goes into, you know, that as well. And basically our topic today is what is bodybuilding? What the know? heck is it, bro? What is bodybuilding? What and the it, heck is it? And I think, uh, you know, obviously we, we know, all know what bodybuilding is, but it more so like, what goes behind it? What do you actually need? What's the mindset? What's the commitment? What should your expectations be for doing this and doing it the way that a lot of people say they want to do it, you know? Because that's what I find doesn't line up the most is what people say they want and what they're willing to do. I agree I think, with that. Yeah, that's the, that's the hard part. So Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of people just think that you, you know, work out for two weeks, throw on some grease, <laughs> maybe hit the tanning bed a few times, step on stage, but there's way more to it than that. All I'm focusing on right now is oil <laughs> and tan. <laughs> oil and tan. Oil and tan. That's my primary focus for 22. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, we'll worry about the muscles, but let's one step at a time. <laughs> baby oil. Just gonna, slather yourself in baby oil. I was slide into your shows backstage. Like, like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, people might be surprised. More goes into it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the biggest, the biggest uh, misinterpretation people get when it, when they say these lofty goals. Now, if you're just wanting to do, you know, fitness at be the fittest person at the party and be the fittest person at your neighborhood pool thing, well, that's you know, that's different. And yeah, working out three days a week, four days a week, watching what you eat, absolutely go for that. Um, but we're talking, okay, hey, I want to be Fitness model physique, I get compared, I get a lot of like inquiries about, I'll, I'll hear, I want to be your next Ashley. I want to have glutes like Ashley, like that type of thing. Like that type of mentality, it requires a lot different, a lot different than the three days a week. I had a girl actually email me um, over the weekend asking me about being, she wants to get to the pro figure stage. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, um, happy to ask, you know, what are you doing for your work? She's like, right now I'm working out three to four times a week. Um, and doing 20 minutes of cardio when I work out. And I'm like, you're, you do realize how muscular these figure girls are, right? Three times a week is not going to cut it. You know, it's not going to cut it. So this is kind of uh, what brought this topic on. Mm -hmm. was, I was like, that the disconnect of what it takes and what you're doing is so great that it's, it's, there's not even a point of starting right now. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, so okay, I think, I think going into that, just right off the bat, is like, you know, how many times a week are you working out? And what's, what are your, I guess, personal expectations yeah. for yourself? So I'm working out right now, I would say six, sometimes seven days a week. Um, but right now my cardio is about three days a week. But as I get closer to a show and depending on how lean I am, the intensity definitely increases, right? And I would even go as far to say not only... Keep in mind that I'm doing it that many times per week, but I've been doing this for a long time, long time. So it's not like I just, you know, started training last year. And I also had a pretty good base to start with too, which is something we can go into a little bit is like the starting point, you know. Um, I was a, 
a collegiate track athlete. So even going into my first show, I like prepped for two months, believe it or not, um, because I was already kind of there um, as far as NPC standards were back in the day, yeah. which is a lot more competitive now. Um, but, you know, I think everyone is, starts at a different point, and a lot of times, uh, you know, people think that they have a, a good physique and they're working hard and they might be doing yoga three times a week at their <laughs> local gym and then, you know, take the dog for a walk on a few days per week and they think it's enough. Um, but it's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, the level that you have to um, work out at is much more intense than your local gym yoga class. <laughs> You know, and you might not be used to it. And it might be a little shocking whenever you first start to get into the prep world and train like an actual competitor. You might be very surprised. Yeah, I think that the, especially bikini, it's a a little less now than it used to be. But when bikini, especially when bikini first started, you'd have a lot of figure competitors and women's bodybuilding competitors. And they'd always kind of be ragging on bikini. Even the bodybuilders would always be kind of ragging on bikini in the beginning. Oh, you know, train like train like a bikini competitor or whatever. And um, as the years went on, and in the original, you know, 2010, 11 bikini, way back then, um, before you were doing it, I think, and they would, you know, it was a little easier. You could go and see a waitress at a, at a, at a local restaurant and be like, you should compete. And then, mm-hmm. you know, six weeks later, have her on stage type of thing. Like that was pretty normal back then when it was just a fitness model, you know, contest, which is originally kind of how it started. Um, I don't think people realize that's how it started, was the uh, model searches is how bikini was invented back in the, I mean, it wasn't even that long ago. It was like 10 years ago. Well, let's say like 13 years ago, 14 years ago. They would have these like flex model searches where people would show up to these bodybuilding shows and basically be men's physique guys and be bikini girls, but there was no division for them. So they would try to like win these model searches. And you'd win the model search, you'd get in the magazine, you'd get, you know, you'd win a prize and all that stuff. So it turned it, it was basically a small bikini competition back then. And they got pretty, to be pretty good size. And then they actually ended up creating a division called Bikini. So it really was a model search show. So mm-hmm. I get the, in the perception that it wasn't that hard to do bikini back then. But then as it's evolved, bikini is now sometimes more muscular and definitely leaner than figure was at the same time they were doing the model searches back then. So, uh, you know, bikini is really, it's a lot of work now. It is a full-on bodybuilding contest. It's just in a bikini posing and bikini, you know, where everything still matters, like hair and makeup and all that still too. So it's a fitness model bodybuilding contest. And uh, when I get bodybuilders that rag on bikini girls now, or men's physique guys that rag on bikini now, I'm like, you would you would crumble if you did a bikini competitor's workout. Like a high-level bikini competitor's workout, you would crumble. Because it's not that it's so much more intense than yours. It's the same level of intensity. It's just different exercises. But get under a glute bridge three times a week. Get under, do glute kickbacks three times a week. Do all these things repetitively, all year, all the time, similar workouts. And then let's see where you're at nine months from now, getting under that glute bridge on a Friday, the third time that week. Like it's not an easy workout in the, the same level of intensity, but the mindset too, like the, the strong mind you have to have to be doing repetitive movements with limited options all the time for years on end. That's, where, that's what gets a lot of people in the gym too, is that 
I'll get people that are like, um, they'll say, oh, I want a different workout. And it's been like a couple weeks. And I'm like, these people do this for like a long time, <laughs> like years, this, this type of scenario, because you're training all these like small brackets of bikini looking, glutes lifting. Um, and it's just, it gets so funneled down to limited options that you're just always under that bridge. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's a lot mentally. It's a, the bikini girls are tough girls these days. Dude, we're living under that bridge. <laughs> like a troll, you know? That's like, a, like a, a homeless person living <laughs> under that bridge. <laughs> we need a homeless bikini shirt. <laughs> oh. I've been living under this bridge. <laughs> That's going to take off. That's good. <laughs> oh, That's my gosh. Good. Goodness gracious. The hobo bikini. That's a good, that's a new clothing line. <laughs> living under the bridge. That's good. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the mindset it takes to do that, you know, repetitively, same movements all the time, work on these, you know, working on these muscle groups, shoulders, glutes, hamstrings, you know, uh, keeping the waistline small, you run out of, you run out of options, you're very funneled to few exercises at that point, you know, so um, I don't know how you get your like, I think it's just good to set this up and just talk about the mindset required for this. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, it, it's so nice to have this podcast sometimes I think about it because there really isn't a better resource than you for that because you've tested you've you've passed the test of time mm-hmm. of being able to have the mindset I think the longest I, mean, I think bodybuilders I think there's some bodybuilders too but in bikini I would say for sure you're either like you're one of the very few who've done it I don't know the other ones who have Ronnie Coleman was the only other one where I was like his mindset is so strong you know, where he doesn't cheat on his diet and it's so crazy for him to even think about cheating on his diet that it's, it doesn't make sense. So I don't know how you get to that point, but talking about the mindset required for the lifting part of it, how did, mm-hmm. how have you maintained that? You know, I, I think like, I, it's like a habit at this point because I've been working out literally my entire life. And I'm not just saying JV volleyball kind of workouts. No, I've been going, I've been going hard you know, since I was a tot, <laughs> since I was a wee tot, <laughs> about knee high, okay? <laughs> I was uh, in gym- gymnastics very young, um, you know, and even in gymnastics class, you know how long our practices would last? Four hours. Dang. Yeah, four hours. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, so that happened like four times a week for four hours, and that was like after school too, so it made it really, <laughs> and then in track, um, you know, in high school, I would do track practice, and then I would go to the gym after that. And then in college, track was exceptionally difficult, um, really hard practices, because we had two days and not on your own time either. It's like, oh, one was at 6 a.m., and then the other one was after classes at, like, 2 p.m. So it was hard. Um, so I think, like, making it just a habit at this point, I don't even think about I don't even dread it. You you know what I mean? Do it enough where it becomes a habit. Yeah. I mean, I do it enough till it becomes a habit. And I guess the only one thing I do kind of get bored with sometimes is cardio. Um, But when I do Orange Theory classes, that kind of solves that issue because it's not like I'm every day I'm on a step mill. I'm doing something different every time I go in for cardio. So that definitely helps, like making it different in that sense. But like you mentioned with the lifting, you, as a bikini competitor, you kind of can't mix it up that much. So you're kind of stuck with a few different exercises, and depending on 
you know, what body part you're overpowering and what body part you need to bring up, that also limits your choices too, because unlike, you know, bodybuilding where you can, you just get as big as possible in a bikini, a lot of girls will have that body part that they need to stop training because it's overdeveloped for the division. And for me, that's abs. I have not trained abs since like I was a fetus (laughs) 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 because if I train abs, they will get very developed and for bikini we don't want overly developed abs so that's just one example but um, you definitely have to pull back on some exercises and spend more time on other body parts Um, so yeah okay yeah and then that's another good point too of like what you should be training and what is the expectation for bodybuilding and or for bikini building you know so you're well actually I might go back a step because you're talked about doing gymnastics practice for four hours mm-hmm. and you were working out during that time too? Uh, n- gymnastics practice, I wasn't going to the gym after because I was a tot. Okay. I was a wee, wee little mm-hmm. thing up until middle school. Okay. Um, but you I did, track, at, yeah. in high school track, I went to the gym after high school track practice. And then in college, I didn't go to the gym after because we did due date, two days anyway. Okay, cool. So I'm just, mm-hmm. the reason I'm mentioning that is because people think, you know, if they're training hard and with intensity that they risk overtraining and that the body is so capable of doing so much more than people think. And so when we talk about overtraining, because that's the, that's the problem you run into a lot. We, we talked about that earlier today, is that people think they're going to overtrain so easily. You know, they're like, oh, I can't train six days a week because I'm just that person that overtrains. And I'm like, no you're probably nowhere near overtraining. Like the, mm. the amount of volume you can handle from a workout standpoint is so high. You know, you got to understand when I talk to people like overtraining, that college athletes, like you're talking about college athletes, these guys will do a harder workout than most bodybuilders in the gym in terms of like the <clears throat> nervous system and what's required out of the nervous system because the, the movements are generally more explosive. They're not mm-hmm. isolated like on a, you know, you're not seeing... Um, you know, these high-level basketball players doing bodybuilding workouts where they're sitting in a preacher curl and isolating their bicep. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing compound explosive movements, and then they're practicing for a few hours a day, and then they're doing their, their um, cardio and other training on top of it. So we're talking, you know, these guys are in there training for their sport six hours a day, counting lifting, counting cardio, counting uh, their practice, their actual practice, you know. So it's, it's a full-time job, and they're not overtraining, you know. So I think that that's, uh, and I would say more times than not, the average prep person has a better diet than the average like athlete person because the average athlete person, they're not really having a nutritionist. They're not checking in with a diet coach. You know, when you reach like NBA and stuff, it's different. But even then, I mean, a lot of them don't even follow like a strict diet. A lot of those guys yeah. don't. So, I mean, Shaq, come on. <laughs> like that guy's not following a, 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 the plan he should have been following for his career. But the, so... We have the nutrition to recover. We're specializing in the proper supplements to recover, uh, the margarine amino acids, all that. So you overtraining is just so unlikely. So yeah, push it in the gym. I think that the expectation, hopefully a few of you are listening to this, if your goals are to have that fitness model, high-level bikini physique, you got to be willing to put out that high-level bikini work, you know? And um, I think that 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 connection needs to be made for so many people out there. Yeah, absolutely. I think like... I hear that a lot too, and I feel like people use the overtraining thing as an excuse to kind of slack off a little bit. You know, um, they might say, oh yeah, I've already trained five times this week, and you know, I'm sore, and it's like, okay, well, what's sore? 
and they'll be like, oh, my arms. And I'm like, oh, what are those two things you're standing on, though? <laughs> what, what are those? Legs? Okay, well, then train your legs if you're yeah. upper body sore. The heck? What the heck is this bullcrap kind of excuse? Yeah. I ain't got time for that. And just train your legs if they're sore anyway. You know what I mean? Just go for it. It's not going to break. <laughs> you're not going to break. You're going to be fine. So, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I trained sore, you know? And then mm-hmm. you don't think about it after your first set. You just keep going, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's important because the body, the bikini athletes of today are the bigger athletes of you know, 10 years ago. It's true. And the, the work that's required is, you know, it's pretty extreme. You know, it's, it's not, this, the sport is not, not an extreme sport. Now, if you're, yeah, if you're, if you're thinking about it any other way, I'm sorry to tell you, but that's just the reality of things. And that's yeah. why I think it's important to do this type of podcast. It's like the, what is bodybuilding, you know, because yeah. now we have to talk about, you know, what is your cardio, what you're eating like, you know, how consistent is it? You know, what are your off seasons? There's just so many things that go into it. Yeah. Like expectation wise. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people don't realize the effort it takes is because one, maybe they didn't have any athletic background growing up or two. And I think most likely the case, a lot of people did play a sport when they were younger and they played like high school or middle school sport. Like, I'm sorry, JV soccer is a lot less intense, okay, than what we're doing, you know, and the effort it takes, um, well, to be a pro anyway and to be successful. Um, so we're, this isn't like, you know, high school sports. It's a next level. Um, even though I will say some high school sports definitely push it, on no doubt. Um, but I feel like if we're talking about even middle school and stuff, it's kind of like, you know, they're not going to – they're likely not going to push you till you throw up or anything like that. And they definitely did in college, though. Holy crap. <laughs> I, I, I have nightmares about 400-meter repeats. It's difficult. And I will say track, college track was much harder than my training now. However, what's harder now and what I think most people struggle with is the nutrition, the diet. Yeah. We are a lot more strict than other sports are, and that's something you kind of have to adapt to. I think if you ask like 10 people, what's more difficult, training or diet? Nine times out of 10, they're gonna say it's the diet, you know? That's what really gets to them. Yeah, the diet's the the hardest part. And I think that the thing about our sport, which is different than other sports, is, you know, playing, let's say, high-level hockey or something, right? You have to train really, really hard for that. You train practice, you know, a couple hours a day, you train off ice drills in the, or you're training off ice, um, weight training, you know, you, so you're training, you know, for it, like three hours a day. And it's like a lot and it's a lot on you, but that's it. You know, the nutrition, you, we don't really talk about it. You know, you just eat healthy, you know, and then you still have your pizza and stuff with your friends every now and then. It doesn't really matter that much because it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how you perform. But then when you talk about bikini or bodybuilding, it is, from when you wake up to when you go to sleep, and even while you sleep, you gotta make sure you're getting enough sleep. And that's the hard part, is it's, there's no breaks. It's not like you can do, you know, you get a, a rest period from bodybuilding. You don't get a rest period from bodybuilding while you're in prep. It is 100% all the time. And that's where people, you know, that's where people kind of fail is that part. Is like, Usually, you know, obviously in their off seasons is where most people fail, but even in prep, you know, people are just like, man, it's so much, it's so much. I'm like, yeah, it's, you're, you're trying to find what you're made of and getting the best you that you could possibly create and it's a it's a 24 7 project and i think that the expectation of that is is um is overwhelming to some and some can reach the 
some can answer the call and then they find out what they're made of. And I think that that's so cool too, because it's such a learning experience about your own personal, like what you're capable of, you know? And I think right. that's the coolest part of it. Because it's like, as soon as you do a couple of them, then it becomes kind of habit. It becomes kind of easy. Mm -hmm. But the first ones, man, the expectations and what you got to do, it's like, man, it's tough, you know? Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's definitely, definitely a 24-7 commitment. And I think a lot of people want to give like 80%. You got to give 100%. You can't be... You can't be like, oh, five days out of the week, I'm going to eat healthy, and then two <laughs> days I'm just going to eat whatever and go out with my friends, and, you know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can definitely backtrack a lot of your progress by, you know, a few days of eating, like, crap. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but You pay a is. big price for it. Yeah, you do pay a big price for it. I had this, I had this one, uh, it was like a sound <clears throat> bite that someone took out a long time ago. Um, I might have been on Celeste's podcast, I forget. But I said bodybuilding, um, if you, bo for bodybuilding, you need to put 100% of the effort 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, if you put out 80% of the effort, you will not get 80% of the results. It doesn't work that way. You know, people think that, oh, I was mostly on. I was like 90% on. I was mostly on. I'm like, it, if you put out 80% of the effort, you're probably going to get 30% of the results. It's not like a direct correlation of effort to results. And so uh, the, the problem when you do is go off diet, when you're talking about doing like a prep diet, the problem is, is depending on how much you go off, of course, but let's say um, on average, so let's say an average bikini competitor, when they're getting ready for a show, they'll lose, if they're small, like five foot, they'll lose like a pound a week. That's a good healthy amount of body fat to lose. If they're, you know, five, five, they're going to lose, you know, one and a half pounds, 1.3 pounds, you know, five, nine, you know, maybe two. So that's kind of the, the ranges of a, like a success, a, a successful prep is going where you're not losing too much muscle, you're not working too hard. Those are kind of the ranges of, of how much you should be leaning out. So if you lose, let's say, uh, one and a half pounds, you're right in the middle, you lose one and a half pounds a week, and then one week you go off the rails and you put on three pounds, four pounds, which happens very fast when you're in the, in the depth of prep and then you just eat kind of bad because you haven't reversed right. Um, it happens very fast, you put on four pounds. Well, you don't just lose that week of progress, you lose the uh, remaining weeks until you get back to where you were when you started that original week that you cheated. So if you put on, let's say, four and a half pounds, well, you lose one week because you didn't make any progress that week. And then you lost three weeks in which you lost one and a half pounds those three weeks. And then when you start week five, when you're back to baseline where you were originally, well, now you're more adapted because you've been dieting harder to lose those four and a half pounds. So it's like a whole thing. So your price that you pay is pretty, it's multiplied, you know, it's a multiplied price of that, that cheat. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a pretty, it's a heavy price you pay. It's kind of like, you know how we say you can't cardio off bad diet. It's kind of like the same price. It's like a hamburger is so easy to eat, <clears throat> but to do the cardio is so hard to do. Right. And it's the same thing like with time of, of dieting to make up for, you know, going off of it. So it's just, I think this, this podcast, I think can go a lot of like, seem like a lot of negative and how it's like, hey, this is tough. But I think at the end of it, it's just like, if you just stick to the plan, you follow it and you find what you're made of and you give yourself the best effort, like, and you do these things, you're going to be successful. You're going to love the way you look. You're going to have, you're going to, your, your mindset is going to be so strong. That's one of the things I find really consistent too. When I find a good bikini competitor, they're always a strong mindset in their life too. Mm -hmm. Like they're successful, they're driven, they're, they're you, you can count on them. They're, it's just like, 
it's a consistent thing and you see it. And it's, it's really cool to see that apply in their life too. They're usually the hardest workers in their regular world too. Like they're successful in their careers. They're like, it's just, it's a different thing. I don't know if it's just the sport trains you for that to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know that for sure the sport trained me to be better as like running this and all that. So I imagine it's just the same, it's the same yeah, thing, you know? So totally. it's pretty cool because it just, it does develop people, not just bodies, you know? So, right. so exactly. we got, we got that part out of it. I think the other thing that's important to go into, but now that we're talking about diet is what's a realistic calorie expectation mm. for someone in prep, you know? Because I get this one a lot too. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was making it dramatic. I'm You're sorry. Dramatic. I was making it dramatic. Ashley, Ashley doesn't see calories. She hasn't seen a calorie since the beginning of last season. Just air. Just sometimes water. Ice cubes. But we'll do Mio water flavored ice cubes and that's, that's the diet. Oh gosh. It's a joke, guys. It's a joke. You know, um, with the calories, it, it's kind of hard to, to say because we're all quite different yeah. with how many we can handle. I would say for me, I'm about like on maintenance, like 1500 last time I checked, which was a few years ago. So maybe it's less, but I seem to be okay with 1500 and I can maintain my physique. Um, you know, but if I'm trying to cut, obviously I have to go below that. Um, and I know you have some clients that are much higher, um, than that. And maybe even some that are lower, but, um, I think like, it's, it's tricky to kind of just put out there what you should be eating yeah. if you haven't worked with somebody and you don't know their settings yet, you know? I think that that's the important <clears throat> thing to, to discuss is, so when I go into a prep with someone and I'm trying to figure out their diet plan, I throw out any of the numbers. I just throw out any preconceived notions of how many calories someone should eat, right? And that's how I have, I have... Well, I don't have that many clients, but right now I have four girls. I have four girls that just crossed over the 4,000 calorie mark oh, while man. staying lean. And these are bikini girls. They're bikini girls, which is crazy, right? And, um, you know, and I work with like 40 people. It's like 10% of my people right now have are over 4,000 calories that weigh less than 130 pounds. So it's pretty nuts when you think about it. But the, the only way we get there is by just saying whatever your body says to do is what we're going to do. And that's, that's it. There's no, if it says to, you need less, then you need less. If it says you need more, then you need more. And, you know, sorry if you get sick of eating, which, which does suck. I will say anyone that gets over 3,000 calories, like female-wise, it becomes, it's not as fun as it sounds. It sounds fun. The girls that are eating 4,000 calories, I, I can promise you, I talk to them, and they're going to be like, this kind of sucks. <laughs> it's, it's, they'd rather be dieting at that point, which is really nice because after the certain point of them eating 4,000 calories in the off-season and staying lean while doing it, they're like, can we just prep so I could just diet and eat less? Because they're just like, I just want to prep. So sick of eating food. But I think one of the things that people have a real hard time understanding is, I mean, I had a girl who said her coach was starving her. And I was like, well, how many calories were you eating? And she was like, 1,700. And I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? What do you think you're doing here? You know what I mean? 1,700 <clears throat> is like, that's a very normal amount for someone to be starting like, phase one in prep in, you know, 1700, yeah. 1500, like it just depends on, you know, what she weighed and whatnot too. She was a smaller person. So I was like, that's not, that's, that's a very realistic like prep. Like, I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. She also said she was doing too much cardio and she was doing like working out three to five days a week. And I was like, that's your expectations. And this is another reason why I did these podcasts is 
the expectations are so far disconnected from what it actually takes that you like say, hey, no, you're going to work hard. 1,700 calories is a very normal amount. Very, very often you'll get down to the 1,200 calorie marker for competitors trying to get to that ultra stage lean. And if anyone's telling you that you're not going to get down to those calories, you might not. You might be one of those people that don't. But anyone saying that you should never do that, I would say look at their resume on how they're producing at the high levels. You'll get a lot of like nutrition scientists and stuff say, you shouldn't need to get below, you know, 1500 calories ever. You know, if someone's doing that to you, they're crushing you. You're like, well, you haven't won a pro show ever <laughs> in your entire career. So why are you the expert, right? And so you have to look at those things and say, you know, okay, well, for the regular person who's trying to rock the pool, like we talked about, I would agree with that. There's no reason for them to have to, you know, get that low. Um, but for when we're trying to look like a statue, you know, you're not supposed to look like that. So it's going to get, it's going to get hard. I rarely, very rarely get someone under 1200 calories. I mean, there's been years where I didn't get anyone under 1200 calories. Um, you know, typically I won't even go below 11 now. Like 11 is like, you know, someone's really, maybe they had a bad off season and we're, mm. we have a limited amount of time. Um, you know, but I've, I've never, I've never gone under a thousand, you know, I know that there's girls out there that do I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. You know, I, I don't prefer it. I don't think it's the healthiest thing. It's hard to get, you know, it's hard to be healthy at that calorie range, but you know, this sport is a tough sport and there's some people that have to have to go there. Not a fan of it. I hope to prevent it. And the way you prevent it is have good off seasons, you know, try to try to reach your metabolic capacity in the off season, um, try to get to be one of those girls that is able to eat 4,000 calories. Now that's gonna be very few people, I will say that, but try to see where your capacity stops. And the capacity is basically, how many calories can I eat in the off season without gaining body fat? What can I get that up to with having low amounts of cardio? And then as soon as you reach that number, or if you add a couple hundred calories more, you just start gaining body fat, then you know you went too far. So that's how they've gotten to 4,000. We're not just being stupid and bulking, it's they're at, that's their capacity, they're close to that range. I mean. At one point, we had Sam over 5,000. It was crazy. It was, yeah. It's a big grocery bill, guys. That's it's a big grocery five bill. Five 1,000 calorie meals per day. It's Jeez. crazy. Like, I wouldn't do that right I now. I don't think that would fit for me. It's, like, I would, how would I put that in my stomach and it would stay there? It's brutal. That's a lot of food. <laughs> like, I can't eat that. I don't have that big of an appetite. I had this, I had a girl that went up to almost there and she was a bikini girl. It was the only bikini girl I've gotten to like 5,000. Maybe, maybe there's been others. I just can't think. Um, but we had to do this like Starbucks coffee drink, which was like, it was like total junk food. You know, it was like sugar and this and that. Cause it was like, there's no physical way to get more calories in mm -hmm. here. So it was like 800 calorie Starbucks drink she had. It was the, she said she loved it. I was like, hey, good for you. You can, that's some of our calories. And at a certain point, when you have so much food in you, there's a certain point where you've reached all of your minimums. You've reached, you reached your minimum fat intake, you reached your minimum protein intake, and anything now is just, is just past that point. Your macronutrient doesn't even really matter anymore at a certain point because you're eating so much food that you're so far past your, your minimums and you're so far past like, the diet of, oh, I need carbs at this time or whatever. Like you just have food all the time that it's just like, yeah, eat whatever. <laughs> it doesn't even matter at this point. Like it's just so ridiculous how much food you're eating. So um, calorie wise, yes, have those expectations. Do what it's going to take. Obviously you want to stay healthy while doing it. I want it to be sustainable. I'm always the guy like, hey, let's do this. Let's sustain it. Um, that's why Ashley's, you know, at like 1500 or so calories in the off season. Because you got to remember what she's doing is different than what you're doing. She's competing all year long. 
Um, oh, I'm sorry. I think I, I misunderstood. I miss said. I'm. I think I'm at. Am I at 1500 cutting? Wait. You start hold at 15, on. You start at 1500. Because I feel like. Well, no. On some days I'll have spikes. Yeah. So my off season isn't 1500 every day. No. But I'll have like higher days. Yeah, it's still not <laughs> maybe crazy average high. more like in the seventeen hundred for off season, yeah. off season, and then go below uh, fifteen hundred for preps. Sorry, I <laughs> made that really confusing. Yeah, but the, yeah. so her starting preps, yeah, we'll just taper down from about fifteen. Uh, I yeah. think right now it's fifteen forty, and she's what are you four weeks out, three and a half weeks out, three sure. and a half. Yeah. So and then, but the next couple of weeks are going to be a pretty. Pretty grindy couple of weeks. Cardio's gonna go away. Yeah, uh, calories I mean, gonna go down. I don't yeah. think I'm that. I don't have that much to lose right now. <laughs> um, but I will say that's the advantage of maintaining. <laughs> yeah, and that's why the calories don't get up to so crazy numbers. Um, and then the thing with her is we try to get her a little too lean for the show, yeah. just by a little bit, and then we try to feed her into that last week with like a mild reload. So it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a different attack, but it works it works well for her. Yes. So it's it's just different for every every person. So mm -hmm. um, so yeah, those are, I guess that would be the calorie expectations. Um, as an average, I would say as an average, expect you know seventeen hundred to twenty three hundred in the off season depending on your height and how many times you've dieted and what your goals are and how lean you want to stay. Those are all factors. Um, in season, you know, if you have a lot to lose and you haven't maintained very well, expect to get to those lumber, lower numbers. Um, if you've maintained your body fat really well, you know, you could be three and a half weeks out from a pro show at, you know, 1500 calories at 5'5 five, five on 125 or so pounds. And that's very realistic, you know, that's very realistic. So um, I guess, just just have the right mindset in these things because mm -hmm. these are what the the true numbers are. And you might see some of these crazy preps where you see girls doing 800 calories, 700 calories. I am not a fan of that. We're I'm not, not doing that. that up in here. No. no, no, no. And we're not doing the hours of cardio either. No, no, no. no. Uh-uh. That's where you run into no, some issues. So I will say that there's a limit that, that we're, I don't think is smart to go to. And if you're having to do that, if you're having to do two hours of cardio and eat 800 calories, like what are you doing in the off-season to cause that? You really have to look at that because that's not how professionals do any sport. Professionals don't, you know, do any sport where they just really focus for, you know, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, and then go to shit for um, six months, four months, and then focus again. And that's not, most professional sports are done that way. So you're expect, you, if you're expecting to be high level at this, it's not going to happen just like it wouldn't happen in those other sports. The same thing. You know, if you saw LeBron James come to his first game of the year 50 pounds overweight every year you'd be like what are you doing it would take him probably three months four months of in season to actually get in shape enough to be where he was at before and we don't want to be playing that catch up catch the last physique thing that's that happens so much and it's it's it sucks because those are the girls that are ending up you know at those 800 calories doing two hours of cardio and then their hair is falling out and they're like the sport ruined me and i'm like no you suck at off season <laughs> that yeah. ruined you you suck at off season <laughs> that's that's what ruined you it's not the sport the sport's fine like you could lift hard eat clean eat you know 1200 1500 calories you're gonna be just fine with that you start doing some crazy stuff in the off season you start doing two hours of cardio 800 calories multiple times throughout the year yeah your hormones are gonna get off your hair might start falling out you're gonna you're gonna have some issues at that you can't sustain that for a long period of time. So just, it's a it's a year long thing. And I think that it's, I'm glad we're talking about this this one because mm -hmm. it's, uh, unfortunately that's a common thing. Oh gosh, yes, yeah. I see it too much, yeah. And now they're on cardio too. Go right ahead on the cardio. 
Like, what are the expectations? Oh. Because you talked about cardio, too. Yes. So cardio, you got to do it. You know? Um. <laughs> and that's it. And thank you guys Just so much for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, if, you don't, if you don't learn anything from this podcast, I want you to learn. You got to do it. You got to do cardio. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad I didn't have a big fifth house drink to cut you. <laughs> So, I mean, just like the calories, cardio will be kind of different for everyone, but most people do cardio, um, and it's a great way to get lean, you know, uh, but it is a very undesirable part of prep. I don't think a lot of people look forward to cardio. A lot of people dread cardio. Um, I, I don't mind it too much, but I will say when I'm first getting started with the season and having to increase the cardio... I hated it at first, but then, like, I learned to love it, and I enjoy it, and then I, like, oh, yeah, I get to wake up and do cardio, and I feel, like, rejuvenated, you know? It can be invigorating. A great way to start the day, but I do think it sets, like, a good tone for the day, but, yeah, so cardio, I mean, I think for the most part, a lot of times, coaches will have their athletes do, you know, um, elliptical or treadmill running or inclined walking or step mill. I don't see a lot of a lot of people doing like cycling and stuff um, just because for what muscles it's kind of targeting. And honestly, I don't like cycling or bike, biking because it takes a long time to get out of breath or get my heart rate up. I'm like, this is a waste of time. I could have ran in <laughs> like one-fourth of the amount of time of this cycling bull crap. You know, I don't like it. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. That's a good part of the topic. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good part of the topic. Yeah, so you won't, you won't see me on a bike, a stationary bike, unless I'm, like, injured or something. Um, but, you know, I think, like, as you prep enough and you've done this so many times, you'll find the cardio that's fun for you, that you like. You know, for me, I like I've liked to do, like, 10K races are a lot of fun for me because it's, like, I don't know, it's an event and you get to compete with other people and... The scenery, you get to walk or see the outdoors and not be confined to just like a treadmill, you know, looking at the wall. You know, I don't want that. Some people like to do workout classes, like Orange Theory is fun too. There are different ways to do cardio to make it more enjoyable for yourself. But, you know, it's kind of sometimes you have to find what it is that you like to do. I know you were doing some hockey for cardio at one point. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point of it is, is the enjoyment of cardio, you know? You're going to do it for a long time, so try to find something that you like. You know, you're going to probably end up doing, you know, 45 minutes or so for a prep towards the end of prep. I try to not get, I try not to get to 45 minutes towards the end of prep. I'll, I'll progress someone starting off with as low as cardio as we can in the initial phase, and I try to kind of progress it in a system systematic way. So, like, 16 weeks out, to 12 weeks out, I'll try to do um, three sessions. And then from 12, 12 weeks out to eight weeks out, I go to four. And then from eight to four, I try to go to five. And from four to zero, I try to go to uh, six. That's kind of like the, the progression in terms of frequency. And then I'll try to just slowly increase. And if I can do that and the body's still responding the whole time, I can usually get through a prep with 45 minutes or less of cardio, generally generally less. Very rarely do I got to go above that, and if I do, it never goes above an hour for anyone, but that's pretty rare, like like a couple times last year type of thing. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that that's the best 
systematic way of going about cardio, because if you start off right away, right out the gates, and you're doing an hour of cardio, when your body gets used to that and you start getting more adapted to it, then yeah, expect to be doing you know double that <laughs> towards the end. So how you set up is a big is an important way. But um, cardio expectations, like when you're in the gym and you're getting ready for a show, expect to be in the gym about two hours total a day, one hour workout, an hour or less of cardio. That's a pretty realistic expectation for show prep, not for regular life and regular maintaining and whatnot, but show prep. Right. So um, now one of the things that you were talking about was actually right. Um, the type of cardio you pick is going to be a big factor in how successful that cardio is. So if you're on a bike or you're on an, even an elliptical, um, it's a pretty stabilized piece of equipment. Like you're stabilized, you're, um, you're not using your natural movement, right? You're just, you're on a bike that's fixed, you're on an elliptical that's fixed movements. And because you're not doing your natural movement and because you're stabilized, you are going to burn less calories than if you were doing mm. a run. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't even think of that. That <laughs> is like, wow, I'm learning. <laughs> I learned something new today. Yeah, the more comfortable you are, think of it as the less calories you're burning. And that's going to be consistent all the way through. It's a lot easier to do seated bicep preacher curls on a machine than it is to do barbell squats. It's, it's, you're going to get out of breath for one. You're not going to get out of breath for the other. And the reason is you're, you're less stable. You're using a lot more muscle groups. Um, you know, and you're, yeah, of course, you're going to burn more calories doing that. So same thing with cardio. You know, the, the less stable you are, the more calories you're going to burn because you're in a less, a less stable environment. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's a, your body's natural movement pattern too. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so that, that's going to be a big factor in it as well. So if you want to keep your calories as high as you can, pick a cardio that's as more, much calorie burning as you can um, because the lower, the lower benefit you have from cardio, the more you're going to probably have to make up for it in diet. So that's one of the things. So with you doing like Orange Theory, I think it's awesome because you get like a, a bonus little workout in there here and there with like the dumbbell stuff they do, which isn't going to yeah. be muscle building, but it's extra calories and it's not going to cost you any muscle. Right. And then you have the fun factor of it. It gets it done. It's scheduled. So that gets that part of it done. Yes, for you accountability. Too. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then you have yourself um, a consistent, you know, it's like 40 minutes of nonstop movement throughout well, that team. Technically an hour, but like... You mentioned some of its weight, so it's more of like the circuit. So you get little breaks in between. But yes, I would say about 40 minutes of actual cardio, cardio. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. And then I can also track the calories I burnt too. Yeah. So that's cool. kind of cool, you know? She's the queen of splats. I'm splat queen up in here. <laughs> the splats are, um, what is it? We talked about it once. Um, minutes spent um, in a fat burning zone so in the orange or red zone okay so it's like a it's a high heart rate I, yes i think it's like 85 percent of there's a thing called curvonin formula that's like 85 percent or more of curvonin which is like pretty pretty intense you have to be pumping it might be 80 percent. it's you're got to be pumping to reach that zone and in a i guess it's a one hour class um what was your record of how many minutes it was i feel like i've forgotten i want to say 40 minutes 40 it was, splats it was at least 40, 40 i know that it was at least 40. That's crazy to be at that zone for 40 minutes. I did the class and I was like at 13, I think. 13. But I was like, I only but did it a couple times. you burnt more calories. I probably burnt me. more calories, yeah. Because guys burn more calories and it's not fair. <laughs> we weigh more. That's the, that's the math. Mm. <laughs> Big girls burn more calories than me. <laughs> I think it's a, yeah, so um, now... Uh, so that's the cardio expectation, the food expectations, and the weightlifting expectations. It's yeah. pretty much... Yeah, and also, I think it's important to go over, is it di designed for the 
sustainability or extremes, and we might have touched on it a little bit, but something to add is like, you know, I think like a lot of times with that expectation people have is like they're going to feel amazing every day, you know? Um, and once they get just a little bit uncomfortable because maybe their calories dipped and they don't have quite the amount of energy they used to, then they, you know, it's a disappointment and it's like time for the complaining. But in reality, you probably should expect that sometimes you're not going to feel like you have the most energy, you know? And that's how it is, especially when you get close to a show. A lot of times people just feel a little more lethargic. Um, but, you know, that's something to be aware of because, you know, like mentioned, it's for kind of like the extreme factor, not necessarily sustainability. You know, we're not some, we're not planning on looking like this for the rest of our lives, although I wish that would be kind <laughs> of awesome. But in like, if we're looking for more of like a lifestyle, like, oh, feel great every day and kind of not go to that same amount of body fat percentage as competitors are. We're talking about a whole different routine schedule and diet, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the the last thing, the biggest piece is going to be the, the mindset and the expectations and the, you know, willing to, I don't want to say willing to suffer. My willing friend, to get uncomfortable. Yeah, my friend, he's, he's he says that a lot. And, um, and he's right. He's right by saying it. But... I think that's a harsh word. Right? Yeah, I mean, we're not like on our deathbed. Yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we're suffering. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit, it's a bit much. Yeah, well, he's extreme too, but he's and you maybe know, he's, he's a, a little baby. <laughs> maybe he is suffering. I mean, I will say I'm just uncomfortable. But. Okay, so getting a little uncomfortable would be the would be the way to go if you wanted to get to that level. And that's and that's the reason that I don't do it anymore too. Is that you know I've accepted that I don't want to go to that extreme anymore. You know, I like lifting. I like eating clean and healthy. I want to be, you know, a good version of me, but I know that what it's going to take to be the best version of me in terms of my physique, and it's like a whole, it's a whole thing, you know. I want to go through, I do want to go through it a couple more times. Um, I probably won't prep, like do a show, but I do want to go through it a couple more times because it just, for me, it was always like, it was nice to to accomplish it, you know, to yeah. like get through it, and you're like, okay, I did that. And as soon as you're, you're right, as soon as you're in, like, I would say, it usually would take me, I don't know two weeks to three weeks of like having to go through it before I <clears throat> desire to go through it. You mm -hmm. know, yes. Yeah. And then at that point, then it's just like, okay, this is the routine. And then you start thinking of food as like, oh no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want that right now. Like, why would I even want that hamburger? You know what I mean? So it's, it does take some like mental training of it, but I like, I like going through it once in a while. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to definitely do get, get like that lean like once this year. That'd be fun. It is a cool feeling to kind of impress yourself, right? You know, it's like, oh, wow, I, did, I can't believe I did that. Like, wow, look at me, you know. It is a cool feeling. It's like such a feeling of accomplishment. And I love surprising myself and being like, whoa, I didn't even know I could do that. I didn't even know I could look this way. So when I see, like, improvements and stuff, like, it gets exciting for me because I'm like, I can't believe that's me. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's really cool to, like, reflect on and be like, you know, if I was able to do this and I exceed my expectations because I stuck to everything 100%, like what else am I capable of doing? You know, if I can change my physique like this through dedication and, and consistency, what else can I accomplish in life, you know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I, I think the same thing. It's pretty spiff. Yeah. Pretty I, spiff. I owe, I mean, everything to prep, you know. 
personally. Prep. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> I pray to prep every night, you know. Thank Do you, you for everything. The prep god? No. The no. saint of prep? No, the saint of prep, no. <laughs> Just the glute gods. They delivered, though. They delivered. Now we get to pray to the, the shoulder saint. Yes, the yes. shoulder saint. That's what you've, you've been... That's what's going on. <laughs> You've been giving your attention to one guy. Yeah, you're right. There's others. There's others. That's so funny. <laughs> so uh, I guess I guess with that is that the, the podcast for today. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's podcast. So we have some some. Um, we're gonna be doing some upgrades around the gym too. Let us know. It's something. It's an idea. It's not in set in stone. But we're thinking about doing these like live on a um, like on a weekly. It'll be on like a weekly basis where you guys we have a computer we could kind of talk to you guys and, and answer some brief questions throughout it is that something you guys would want is it something you'd be able to do we're going to do it probably on mondays when we shoot our podcast i would like that so hopefully you guys will tune in so if we do it would you guys tune in and watch it? yeah yeah let would us you know tune in? we're going to try to redo a bunch of things at the prep center here and get a new podcast room built and uh, and a whole bunch of things it's going to take a couple months so don't it's going to be it's going to take a little while so hold but, your horses yeah yeah we got we did some construct come some con yeah some construction that needs to take place for that to happen. So, but anyway, um, another cool thing is, guys, if you're in the Las Vegas area, we have our posing class that's going to start up again soon. Oh my Free gosh! Everyone. Finally, yes, it is. I'll on, be there. Yeah, I'm so happy that you're there too. It's going to be this. It's going to be on the 22nd Saturday. It's going to be 10 a.m. It'll be. We'll have a beginner and an advanced, or beginner and regular, I guess you'd say, or someone who's done shows classes and you need to be advanced. Um, so we'll have two, even two separate rooms for it. We'll use the other room for it too. And um, it's going to be, we'll, we'll have them probably this year, once a month, twice a month, something like that. Not every week, but uh, come see us. We'd love to see you. It's free for everyone, no matter what team you're from. You have to be a participant. No boyfriends coming in and looking at the girls. <laughs> it's, it's always so weird when someone brings like their boyfriend because they're not there with any bad intentions. But it's I just feel, awkward, right? Well, the other girls are there too, not just yeah. their girlfriend. You know? So I'm like, hey, you got to be a participant because the comfort of everyone. Uh, but yeah, other than, other than that, guys, we'll see you. Hopefully we'll see you soon in Vegas. But uh, if not, we'll see you next week and talk to you later. Totally do's.